0: mouse madness a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things disney i'm chris bowersox
1: and i'm kyle skinner
0: and we are your hosts for mouse madness each episode will focus on a single disney topic generate a bracket and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best follow us and play along on twitter at mouse madness pod or send us an email at mouse madness podcast at gmail.com kyle we've come down from our second birthday high kicking our feet up a little bit after the intense, uh, physically strenuous DC games bracket. And we're going with something kind of wacky here.
1: We're back in the parks. Uh, our last one was also kind of wacky last time we were in the parks. We are in California Adventure doing a 1.0 show. So we're hopping back into just basically all of the parks this time around. And we're going to be talking about the weirdest Disney Parks character costume bracket. That's a mouthful. But basically what we're talking about are the costumed walk-around characters that you can see at the parks and meet. We're not really talking about those that sit on the parades. We're not talking about those who show up in shows. Those costumes, we're talking about like, I'm going to stand in line on Main Street and I'm going to meet this character and their costume's weird and we're going to talk about them. And to help us talk about these weird Disney parks costume is one of our sports social media friends, a fellow gaucho herself, it is Patty Kwan. Patty, welcome to Mouse Madness.
2: Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. I'm like honored to be on this show.
1: So you and I lived basically next door to each other in college uh, for two years, and we found out that we both had this, you know, love for Disney. I believe you had an annual pass at one point. Um, so tell us a little bit about your Disney fandom and where when that all started.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's got to be like when I was born. I mean, my mom is like the biggest. Disney fan. And like we, during quarantine, we were going through our, we were just going through all our stuff at the house. And she found my annual pass from like <laughs> 98. Like I'm literally like a child. Oh, man. And for the longest time, they had the pictures printed on your card. And like yep. they didn't update it every year until they were like, this could be anyone. So, you know, they got really advanced with the annual passes. And um, you know, raise the prices, obviously. But I had had one for like as long as I could remember, and it wasn't until what's funny is I got a premium pass back in 2017, and then as soon as I renewed it, I got my job with the River Cats in Sacramento, and yeah. I was like, cool. I just dropped, you know, a lot of money, and I can't even go as often anymore. So that was really disappointing. That was the last time I had a pass. But like I said, I love Disney. We love the parks, um, the cruises, did a couple of those. Uh, oh, awesome. You know, my parents are vacation club, Disney vacation club members. So we stay at the wow. little Disney resorts. So like we're Disneyed out, you know, Ethan Allen, Disney collection when we remodeled our house back in L.A. <laughs> so like we're we're about we're about that life for sure. Uh-
1: Sounds like we found the perfect guest host for this episode. And what makes it even more perfect is that, you know, the three of us have worked in sports all of our careers. I recently left. But Patty, you work for the San Francisco 49ers and you also worked for the Sacramento Rivercats, which is a minor league baseball team. So in your experience, you must have seen a ton of mascots. And I want to know what are some of the weirdest mascots, which are basically like meet and greet costume characters. Uh, that you've seen while in the sports industry?
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, Olay was kind of weird. Like, Olay, UCSB's (laughs) Olay.
0: Oh my um, God. And, like,
2: I had a friend who was actually Olay for, like, a soccer game. I always thought Olay was kind of weird. I think, you know, I don't know how I feel about human mascots. I think it's very much, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a huge fan. Yep. But, um you know, when you asked me about this, the first thing that came to mind and I did—I have never seen this mascot in person because when I was in Sacramento, um, I didn't travel or anything. They didn't, you know, they don't bring their mascots to every game. But the New Orleans Baby Cakes.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh. Mascot, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. First yes. thing that
2: came to mind. And like I didn't I didn't even have to think that hard or that long.
0: So and like, sketchy.
2: I think the funny thing is um, you know New Orleans the Saints and the Pelicans are all kind of under the same group and so I think they had like the baby cakes mascot at like a Pelicans game yeah and it just like took off on Twitter and they're <laughs> like what is this mascot and I'm like I know exactly who that mascot is that's the New Orleans baby cakes mascot <laughs> um but it's terrifying it's exactly how it sounds just like a big baby um yeah. and, and you know I love kids but like
1: Not not big like uh, plastic looking baby. baby. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: And like there's no cake. Like, I don't know. It's it's all it's all weird. It's very triple A. It's very on brand for like minor league baseball. So,
1: yeah, I think baby cakes probably definitely takes the proverbial cake in that sports world. Weird costumed characters matchup. But we're here to talk about Disney and to get us started. Of course, we got to talk a little spoonful of sugar. Chris, what are you drinking this week?
0: Uh, so I don't know if either of you can tell, but I'm in vacation mode right now uh, doing this podcast from bald head Island, North Carolina. It (laughs) is my first time here. And, um, it's interesting, interesting beach culture here. You know, when I go to the beach, I'm usually, um, like tiki pirate vibe. And this is very much like country club vineyard vines vibe. (laughs) So, um, I I brought my Hawaiian shirt and there's like no one in Hawaiian shirts on this. Island <laughs> they're all wearing like sweaters. Um, but really interesting because it's super old, like like everything on the East Coast. It's it's kind of rooted in like British colonialism. So there's this old, old lighthouse on the island called Old Baldy. And um, i got this mug. I got this old Baldy lighthouse mug. It's super cool. It has oh. the lighthouse on it. It oh, was I built got- in like the mid-1800s. Uh, And it was my favorite part of the trip so far, for sure. And I don't know if this happens to either one of you, but like and I don't know whether it's like a testament to how good Disney is at theming things sure. or like dumps to me for just comparing everything to Disney. But like I'm I'm walking around this old lighthouse. I'm like, dang, it's like Disneyland in here, you know, <laughs> uh, but it was cool. So I filled my brand new mug with a little pina colada because I'm on vacation and I'm calling it the Pinocchio. <laughs>
2: That's not bad. That, <laughs> that kind of <that> works. works. <laughs> <laughs> that worked.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm also eating a pizza right now. So. Oh,
1: any M&Ms on that pizza?
0: Uh, no, I, went, I just went regular this time. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kyle, what do you got?
1: I have a drink that... So I think it was last time or maybe the time before. I had mentioned that I made a drink from a company mixology class that I took. Uh, we did it again for some reason, like the this was a company wide one, not a department one, and I had to miss it because I had a meeting. So I got this cocktail kit delivered to my house, and I was like, "Perfect. now I don't have to plan my spoonful of sugar. It literally showed up on my nice. doorstep nice. and it's called the mangonata margarita, and it's consisted of you know, okay, this is in like mixology kit terms so i don't really actually know how many ounces of tequila is in this but it's two tequila shooters so i think it was himador shooters uh two ounces of mango puree two ounces of lime juice one ounce of organic agave nectar and then like essentially tahine on the rim put all together shake it up i have that i'm rocking it here in my spoonful of sugar mug and it tastes like a smoothie. Like, it's very thick in consistency. Like, the mango juice, pure, the mango puree really thickens it up. And then yeah. you get that little splash of tequila, and it's delicious. Uh, I am not, I don't really have a name for it. Uh, Mangonada wasn't hard enough for me to say, so I think I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, Patty, what you got?
2: Um, Kind of calling an audible here. I was like, oh, maybe I'll go pick up some, you know, seltzers. But I came straight from work, and there is where... They are stocked with this, you know, Tazo giant peach. Ooh! So I feel like this is a really easy spoonful of sugar. And we're going to go with James and the giant peach. Bev. Yep. For the show.
1: Great name. Great choice.
0: People don't talk about James and the giant peach enough when it comes to Disney. And it is a Disney movie.
1: It is. I mean, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe Halloween. We'll see some because it's not maybe. considered a Halloween movie. But it's timber and creepy. It is kind of creepy,
2: yeah. Yeah. That's all I remember about it was, you know, being a little scared when I was younger. (laughs) But (laughs) still classic, I guess. So
0: speaking of being scared when we're younger, we got to talk about our survey demographic for our weirdest Disney Parks character costume bracket. Kyle, who did we go with this time?
1: All right, so the parks are open currently. This is... We're recording on May 14th. So the parks are open. Um, There's a lot of the social distancing guidelines in effect, even though Florida, California, they're ramping up their opening plans. So even by the time you hear this, things could have changed over the weekend and it might be who knows what. But we got our interns back into the parks, thank goodness, and they went and asked this demographic socially distant people waving to characters from afar so there's no meet and greets at these parks people have to just kind of like walk by the area or stand behind a rope or line of tape on the ground and just kind of like the meet and greets are just waving at the characters honestly that's how I prefer my character interaction especially if they're face characters because nothing makes me more nervous than having to have a conversation with these face characters Uh, So this is a perfect time for me to go to the parks, I guess. Uh, But this group gave us 16 very weird costumes to make this bracket. But of course, long history of parks. There are some that miss the dance. Chris, what are some character costumes that miss the dance for you?
0: Well, for me, I was bummed to learn that we're not doing parades or shows on this bracket because (laughs) one of the most memorable ones to me of course can't go an episode without talking nah. about light magic <laughs> those fairies from light magic went through kind of a a, a strange like evolution they had these like half mask things on when the show first debuted and then they kind of had to, to remove those because everyone agreed they were a little bit scary looking i <laughs> uh, would have loved to talk about those ones the Um, haunted trees from the uh, Disney sing-along song uh, Disneyland adventure VHS tape those things terrified me (laughs) when I was a little kid Uh, and like I don't know that those ever made an appearance anywhere else other than that on that VHS tape wish those were on this bracket and last but not least anyone from the band Halix their whole thing was like crazy kooky costume uh, slash rock band so i um, sad not to see them here, but I think we got some good ones. Kyle, what about you? Uh, in Disney
1: Tokyo, both Tokyo Sea and Disneyland, there was a fairy godmother costume that looked absolutely terrifying. Uh, they didn't give this costume the whites of the eyes. Essentially, the, the performer was looking through a mask and the eyes were where the performer's eyes were. So it looks like this Halloween mask. And just recently, so th- these parks opened up in, I think Tokyo Disneyland opened up in 1993, and then Disney Sea was not too far after that, but in like 2001. But just recently, like literally earlier this year, they finally changed the costume so that the fairy godmother now has uh, the whites of her eyes, and the performers probably looking through the the mask's mouth at this point so really creepy really weird i don't know why that choice was made and then not changed until 2021 but here we are and then the second one are the paint the night parade performers that were dressed as like transformers for the car sequence uh it was just a weird choice to me i think that they had enough going on with their massive float that went down the parade route of mac truck that they didn't necessarily need these Transformer dudes that were wearing these like hockey pads that lit up and they were doing all these kind of like B-boy breakdance stuff. They didn't need it. Kind of weird. Uh, So that could have made my bracket, but we're not doing parades. Patty, do you have any Disney Parks costumes that come to mind that you feel like could have possibly made this dance?
2: I'm trying to think, and I honestly probably should have thought harder and gone through those VHS tapes that you were talking about, Chris, because (laughs) I do know those country bears that we're going to see in a little bit. I remember those very well um, from those tapes. Weird cost. I like, I cannot think I'm with you though, Kyle, with like the face characters. Like we were there, you know, two years ago, me and my family and like my parents love Marvel. And so like they got a picture with captain Marvel. And mm-hmm. I just didn't want to be in it. And she's like, come <laughs> in. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> don't want to be interacting to with you. Like this, this feels like some That's kind of so funny. fourth wall we're breaking here.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So
2: I'm, I'm on board with that. Um, not weird, but like, I always think are kind of cute are during the Christmas parade, those little like snowmen that are like, oh, really oh, yeah. yeah. So they're kind of weird because they're like smiley and like, they're all really small, um, you know, snowmen but they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of cute. So they're not super weird or creepy, um, but they're just kind of like random and weird.
1: Well, we've made it. Let's go ahead and talk about this bracket of the weirdest Disney parks character costumes. Let's cue that dramatic music. Chris, I'll start us off. Who's the angry little mice who looks very scary? M-I-C-K-E-Y and his girlfriend Minnie. Coming in at the number one spot is 1955's Mickey and Minnie. That was solid. That was so Thanks, good. Man. I practiced before I got on.
0: Feed your head, indeed. Scrambling to the number two seat is 1957 White Rabbit costume.
1: I'm not bad. My costume was just made this way. Coming in at the three seat is 2013's Jessica
0: Rabbit. Hi, no. Marching to the fourth seed is the 1963 Seven Dwarfs.
1: Laughing their way to the number five spot are the hunchbacks of Pride Rock themselves, Shenzi, Banzai, and
0: Ed. No strings, no hands, no problem. Bottling his way to the number six seed is 1955 Pinocchio. Scaring his
1: way into the seventh seed with a costume that will have you wishing for hellfire. It's 1990s Judge Frollo.
0: Blaze up, cause the number eight
1: seat is Hades. Bet you didn't expect to see these guys at Disneyland. Coming in at the number nine seat is the Mickey Mouse Club Circus Clowns.
0: He's never been more of a codfish than he was in 1960. Swashbuckling his way to the 10 spot is 1960s Captain Hook.
1: A uh, very uncomfortable costume to you. Going mad at the number 11 seed is the 1950s and 1960s Mad Hatter.
0: Cue the theme from Halloween. Creeping his way to the 12th spot is 1980s Geppetto. At the 13th seed is a group of
1: costumes that never really changed but probably should have. It's the Country Bears.
0: Baby mine do 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 flying into the 14th spot is 90s Dumbo. Sitting in a onesie at the number
1: 15 spot is 1955's Donald Duck. Yo, cowgirl
0: with no neck. <laughs> Wrangling the final spot is the 16 seed, 1999 Jesse.
1: All right, we have our bracket of 16. Patty, do you see any matchups here that you feel like might be a tough one uh, going down this first round?
2: Um, you know, I was I was so in preparation for this interview, I did some research last night, and I did it at like one thirty a.m. Oh, you know, into the late <laughs> hours of the night, and I'm like pulling up these photos that you sent me, and I'm like, Nightmare this is kind of terrifying. Like this is legit scary, and like the fact that there's like Disney attached to it, just like blows my mind like how much times have changed oh yeah um you know i have the bracket in front of me i printed it as well i was just trying to be very prepared um (laughs) and there were some like tough matchups that i that i'm looking at um and and like as we go through it you'll you'll kind of see like i guess the rationale i've had between some of these matchups um but i mean some of these are i i'm just like how did this happen and who let this happen and yeah, that's
1: that's you know the golden question for a lot of these that's the it, golden question
2: it, it uh. it's mind blowing
0: and i just want to point out that i will put together a google slide of As many photos as I can find of each of these characters we talk about, we'll link it in the podcast description so people have visual aid because you need to see these. And some of these ones you've probably seen before, but like I needed definitely needed like a memory jogging by looking back at some of these. Um, So yeah, you'll have that visual aid on hand. Hey, let's start us off with the first matchup. It's number one, 1955 Mickey and Minnie, the original Mouses. Versus the number 16, 1999 Jesse. So these original Mickey and Minnie costumes that debuted at opening day Disneyland in 1955 were not built, created for Disneyland. They were ice capades costumes.
1: Correct. And they're not the only ones. There's, there's a handful of costumes on this bracket that are ice capade costumes, which makes a ton of sense. Why they look the way they do.
0: And like I don't know a lot about the ice capades. I, I imagine there's ice skating involved.
1: It's a. It was like so. You know how Disney does Disney on Ice these yeah. days, where it's yeah, a yeah. traveling figure skating show. So, beginning in the '30s, uh, Disney had licensed their characters out to this traveling ice skating show that had a Disney segment within it. Uh, and so, w- through the licensing, they made these costumes that were made for figure skaters, uh, not for meet-and-greet opportunities. And that really shines through when they get to the parks to borrow these. Because at the end of the day, Walt ran out of money to build this park. And it also wasn't ready when the park opened. So it make, it like is no surprise that not only did he have to borrow costumes from this traveling ice skating show, uh, but even there's stories of, you know, the, the tall tale. And I'm sure it's true that the asphalt wasn't even dried yet. So people's shoes were sinking into the ground, you know, so th- it comes to no surprise. But these Ice Capades costumes will show up over and over again. But the Mickey and Minnie ones are awful.
0: Yeah. And, and looking at this, the first thing that stands out to me is the proportions of their body parts. When I think of disney costume or sports mascot costume i think of a big head and i think of something that's very hard to move in and (laughs) uh, like we've seen that play out with like a lot of the lawsuits that involve disney parks characters and yeah it's the reason they have handlers because the the performer inside of the costume can't see and like defend themselves or talk so looking at this mickey and minnie it's like uh, normal human proportions. Uh, it looks like they're just wearing a black leotard, some gloves and like a pillowcase on their head.
1: Yep, basically.
0: Uh, the, the earliest versions have these uh, slits in the mouth for the performer to see out of. Um, they, they needed to have good visibility for ice skating. But as they transitioned these costumes into being parks only things, they, they shut those up.
1: Thankfully, Um, because those they look like it's not even just like slits like along the mouth. It's like jagged triangles that go across the snout that looks like they went through a cheese grater. (laughs)
0: Like yeah, yeah, it's like like someone knife. It's like someone knifed Mickey and Minnie in the face and just created (laughs) these little slits in their in their costume head.
1: You've heard of pie-eyed Mickey. Well, here's pie-faced Mickey. Just completely. (laughs)
0: There it is. Stabbed up. There it is. So Mickey and Minnie have both gone through like many transformations uh, on the, on screen throughout their 100 year history as cartoon characters. Um, but these original Mickey and Minnie costumes look like no versions of Mickey and Minnie <laughs> no, that we, ever appeared in anything.
1: We've never seen this look before. This and, is a purely and, Disneyland look.
0: And that's the craziest part about it is like Walt Disney himself saw these costumes and was like. Yep. Put them out there. This is going on (laughs) national TV and will be one of the most watched events in television history. Friggin throw them out there. They look great. (laughs) Uh, And and they don't look great. Uh, They look like some they look like DIY Pinterest fails, to be honest. Um, I think I think the term nightmare fuel is a little bit played out when it comes to like describing really anything. But these are close to that. Uh, that very scary looking and the only photos that exist are really black and white uh, grainy photos. I mean, I don't really have anything else in terms of history uh, for for that one. Uh, Mickey and Minnie, the OGs are going up against 1999. Jesse, who um, Jesse recently got a redesign uh, like literally just this year, a few months ago. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think they both look kind of the same and neither of them really look like Jesse to me.
1: Interesting. Well, So all three of them, Buzz, Woody, and Jesse, all got right, right the makeovers. Right. And yep. you and I had a fairly lengthy discussion about it when it happened because it blew our minds how much Woody didn't look like Woody right, until right, we right, saw right. the new costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I agree. Jesse's didn't change a whole lot. It just made her features a little bit more specific than... She looks like a fishbowl in 1999. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think I saw some maybe some kind of like uh wonky eyes going on uh uh-huh. with, with the original Jesse. But uh both of them, I feel like the face is too wide. Like Jesse Pixar Jesse is very gangly looking and thin and kind of like dorky. And and like costume Jesse's kind of like a chunky monkey. And you know, there's nothing wrong with being a chunky monkey, but I feel like that's not what Jesse looks like. Uh she's kind right. of she's like extremely scrawny. Um Jesse, yeah. I mean this is a one verse 16. Uh I think both of these characters are pretty weird looking. Neither of them look a whole lot like their actual on screen counterpart. I'm gonna go with fifties, Mickey and Minnie, um just because uh they're freaky, super freaky. Jesse's freaky, yeah. but like not as freaky.
1: Yeah, Jesse definitely looks weird. Uh I think it's hard to translate. A character that was designed to be a toy, like a, a disproportionate doll, and then turn that into a costume character. I think all of these are really hard to turn into costume characters. Some do them better than others. Jesse's is just really difficult. But I'm going to agree with you. It's definitely Mickey and Minnie, and I have a ton of notes on it, and I'll talk about it next week. But I want to leave us and Mickey and Minnie with this quote from Disney legend John Hench, oh, uh, who said about these costumes. He says... The walk-arounds were not originally intended to be an ongoing feature of Disneyland. Hmm. These first walk-around characters were very clearly costumed actors portraying the characters, not the characters themselves. So you talked about how these looked like, you know, bad DIY costumes. They're made for figure skaters. So like Mickey's in a black leotard. (laughs) Like what a figure skater would wear with just a massive head. And the features aren't super defined because you're not going to see them from the stands. You don't need to see all of the details. Uh, and they just rolled with it when Disneyland opened. Definitely the weirder thing, the weirder story, the weirder costumes. It's moving on into the next round. Patty, do you agree? What are your thoughts?
2: I 100% agree. I don't even think this was a contest. Um, you know, as soon as I opened up that that file for the 1950s Mickey and Minnie, that to Chris's point was nightmare feel. Cause like I said, I was looking at these early in the morning in the dark, like (laughs) just not, I wasn't in a good, in a good place. Um, (laughs) so definitely terrifying. I, you know, I, for me, it's weird that you see, like you said, like they're made for figure skiing. So it's weird that like you, it like, it's like a human body. Yep. And like it, the head, the brows, like, Thin Brows, I guess we're in then, Um, (laughs) but they do like, you know, you know, Minnie's got those extensions or something. But, you know, it's (laughs) the expressions are just, I think, are what are terrifying in addition to just, you know, how human like they kind of are and like shouldn't be.
1: Yes. Yes. That's exactly what that is. That human but not human, that uncanny valley of like, what am I supposed to be looking at here? All right, let's move into the next matchup. It's number eight, Hades versus number nine, the Mickey Mouse Club Circus Clowns. I'll start with the clowns. The clowns are clowns, uh, but these clowns are the ones that you definitely imagine when you think of like scary clowns. I almost feel like that idea comes from this time in history, like this mid-century time yes. in which these clowns are extremely creepy. Um, the Mickey Mouse Club Circus took place in Disneyland between November of 1955 and January of nineteen fifty six. So this is like months after Disneyland opens and then does not last very long. And you can kind of see why. And it's kind of interesting that there were even a, that there was even a circus planned for Disneyland and that, and we all kind of know that Walt loved them. Uh if you know your kind of Disney history, that he had this fondness for circuses, but the fact that he built this theme park to not be like the other theme parks, you know, the amusement parks of the day, the kind of seedy pier boardwalk things, but he says not. Nah. Let me bring the dirtiest and creepiest and low-key sketches entertainment in that that's in the world into this park that's supposed to be this utopia. It makes close to zero sense. Is it, like I really want to dive further into the history of this. I didn't for this episode because I need to know the decision-making process here. It seems against what he had planned for this part. So there are tons of photos of these clowns online. And you can go through and see all of them. And I'm sure Chris is going to include a ton of them in the slides that he prepares so that you guys can check it out. But there's one in particular. There's this clown that's dressed in all white, like a big white baggy suit that you kind of think of When you think clowns, just without the polka dots, the suit has like green trimming on it. He has one of the neck frills on. He has a little tiny cone hat that's off to the side. He's like bald, it looks like, or at least is wearing a bald cap. And he's standing on Main Street, just like still nearly expressionless, like a slight smile, frozen in time. Obviously, it's the photo, but this is why these things are so scary. You think about just like encountering one of these clowns on the street, like that. They just look terrifying. Um, So it's for sure scary. It fits the theme of what they were trying to do. It's a circus. Um, But how weird is it? And that brings me to Hades. (laughs) Oh, baby. This Hades costume. So. Seems like this Hades costume only really shows up in the parks during Halloween time. Yeah, uh, the other times that we see him are in parades, specifically that Hercules. Uh, what was it like the the Hercules Homecoming Parade or Vic- something
0: victory? like that? Victory, I think it was Victory parade. Victory, parade.
1: victory Parade. Yeah. If you haven't listened to the parades bracket, go listen to it. It's one of the best things we've ever done in this podcast history. Um, but we have photos of him in these meet and greet situations. With these kind of Halloween backgrounds, so it looks like it's for like one of Mickey's Halloween parties or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. the mo- the weirdest thing about this costume initially for me was how big and craning his neck is a beefy so this, neck boy <laughs> a b- beefy beefy neck boy and it's because you can think if you like think about where the performer is, hades is like 8 feet tall, like easily in these photos. And so the performer has the like is looking through the neck and has like a, a harness on it so that the neck cranes over the performer's head and Hades head is above them. So it's just this massive, massive thing that they're wearing. But the crane of the neck is such a bizarre look to see in real life that it almost—it's it, just too unsettling. It makes him even scarier than he already looks. They try to fabricate fire on his head by using that material that, like dads will buy at the golf course that have—it's the uh, <laughs> the like visor and it has like the crazy hair sticking <laughs> the out of it.
0: Crazy hair visor. That, oh my that's god. That's exactly
1: what Hades' hair looks like in these photos, and so. You know, I watched a video that this YouTuber put together. This YouTuber was AB Adventures. I think it was a, a a couple, and they go through the history of the Hades costume and they talk about like the on the the like parades. They talk about the show Hades. They talk about the costumed like meet and greet Hades. The meet and greet Hades was initially the parade Hades, so like you really only see him from afar. And then if you watch the animated Hercules his neck is actually kind of like that. I kind of forget that his neck is actually like that. So when you see him in like a 3D environment, it doesn't work, obviously. Right. But it worked for the movie because they could just manipulate it however they want. So they're kind of true to form. The thing is, though, do you need to be for this? (laughs) Like, I don't know that you necessarily need to be, which turns into this very, very weird costume. And in my opinion, this 90s Disney villain that, you know, was great in the movie, but we don't talk about Hercules a whole lot. In this meet and greet situation, only at Halloween, you see Cruella, the face character, you see Maleficent, the face character, and the next booth over, you see this massive Hades costume with a craning neck that's just peering down on you. Not only is it scary, it's super, super weird. I'm moving number 8 Hades past number 9 the clowns.
0: So I I I think that's a great observation about like it looking weird but also looking exactly like how he looks in the movie. That's a conversation I want to get into in a few rounds. Like what is the better costume? The one that yeah. looks exactly like the character on the screen or like the better costume from like a costume standpoint or like a, from like an interaction standpoint to sure. have like a better time meeting and greeting the guest. Um, I think, I think you could make a good argument for either way. Um, so that area of Hades body, uh, the <laughs> neck and the traps region, uh, huge yeah. beefy. Um, he also yeah, has, big, he also has huge forearms, which mm-hmm. is, uh, they're like, they look like big pillows and like most Disney costumes, like they end like around the wrist area, but like, like they went all the way up to the elbow with Hades. Like you can see yes. his whole forearms. <laughs> uh and and it's interesting that uh Hades has giant traps and forearms because uh like in exercise uh science, the, the traps into forearms, that's considered accessory work when you're at the gym. Like <laughs> unless you are a uh bodybuilder. Uh, you you probably don't like go in and like i'm gonna do some shrugs so i can like get little beefy traps and uh you know let me spend like 30 minutes on my forearms only <laughs> uh so like sure. the only way that you're gonna have big traps and forearms you're you're either a bodybuilder or yeah. you're someone who's working with heavy weight frequently like a power lifter or a crossfitter mm-hmm. uh or you're on steroids and just <laughs> I mean, everything just grows or you're really, really self-conscious about your body and like your little tiny like uh, muscular imbalances. Uh, and so which one is Hades? I don't know. I, like, I'm i leaning towards a CrossFitter personally. Um, I'm, I'm here for a CrossFit Hades.
1: I, I wouldn't be surprised. He has a lot of time to kill down in the underworld. So yeah, probably not a lot of sure. gym equipment, right? Sure. He's well, what's, make do with-
0: what's interesting is there is a bodybuilding competition called the Mr. Olympia. Which is named after the gods of Mount Olympus and like Hades is down here in the underworld, you know, so maybe show up
1: at the like Mount Olympus track during the movie, right? Isn't Herc like working out and then Hades? So Hades knows where this place is. Maybe he skips over at lunch and does a couple of, you know, trap lifts and heads back to Underworld.
0: I don't know. I I feel like He's like the anti-Hercules when it comes to like his body. Hercules is all the like glory muscles. He's all chest and biceps and legs. And Hades is just out here doing his little accessories. Sorry, long rant on something that's mostly pointless. But um, I'm agreeing <laughs> with you. And I'm going with Hades because this costume is weird in virtually every way that you cut it. Um, and there's the little like cherry on top is how scary his face is too. Oh, we'll like, dive into it. When I think of Hades, I don't really think of, like, a scary Disney villain. I think of, like, um, frustrated, uh, like, annoyed, <laughs> a perturbed dude. Um, I relate and, to
1: him more than Hurt the entire movie.
0: Yeah, and so they put this Hades face in the super terrifying position that it's locked in. Um, so I'm agreeing with you. I'm going with Hades. Uh, Patty, are you okay sending uh, the Mickey Mouse Club clowns home in their tiny clown car?
2: I'm fine with it. I think you guys had really solid arguments as to like, why these this Hades character is weird. I think my bias is like clowns are creepy in general, but like, that's all clowns. So like, for the point like and purposes of this show, absolutely. This and like the observation of the traps and just muscles that we (laughs) tend to neglect. Great observation. I've never observed that. I don't think about what these guys are doing like on their off time or like, you know, like CrossFit Hades. Like I would have never thought of that. So you bring up valid points. Let's let's send in the next one.
1: When sure. you get back to work uh, tomorrow, go ahead and just show Trey area the photo of Hades <laughs> and be like, listen, Trap's got to be here, buddy. If we're going to do anything, Trap's got to be here. And Trey is going to lead the Niners to a championship. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, my goodness. So uh, let's move on to the next matchup. It's number four, 1963, Seven Dwarfs versus 13 Country Bears. This is a juggernaut matchup.
1: <laughs> this is a huge matchup.
0: This is, this is two uh, ensembles of weird, really weird-looking Disney character costumes. So we'll start with the older one, the 1963 Dwarfs. This, like, 60s was a weird era for Disney Parks costume where they really leaned into the idea of, like, let's make everyone short and stout and have every performer peep through a hat. (laughs) Like, Mickey was like that randomly. The dwarves were like that. Mad Hatter was like that, which we'll talk about. I think Pooh had, like, a honeypot on his head. They just were super into, like, the tiny... Like mini, they look like Funko Pops with big hats. Yes. Um, so the seven dwarves, man. So you got these like little uh, short stout dwarves with these huge heads um, that are like around torso level, which would be like eye level of a child. And the expressions right. on each of these seven dwarves' faces are amazing. And like... We did Dirt Boy characters. Uh, we, we have not done a full bracket of highest Disney characters, but there's a few dwarfs in here that uh, they could be on this bracket placed very high. Uh, yeah. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> sneezy, the Sneezy, looks like he accidentally just took drugs. Um he's like has like a very surprised just, look on his face.
1: He just found out what that brownie was.
0: Uh, uh Sleepy looks like he's just greened out, just totally uh he's got like a tiny smile and his eyes are only half open. Uh yep. and then dopey looks like it's his very first time being high and he can't tell if he likes it or hates it. Um his his like his eyes say oh no and his smile says oh yes. Um like these are not even proportional to the animated dwarves. This, they don't really look anything like them. Uh, I think someone liked the optical illusion of like the, the little tiny body thing. Um, and they just like rolled with it for everything in the parks. Uh, and yep. you get seven dwarves. There was um, like this caricature like
1: era them. in the right, 60s right, right, where right. it's like all of these characters look like caricatures of themselves where it's these tiny human bodies and you're saying like huge heads these are massive heads these are half body sized like rubber heads yeah and it's just such a bizarre choice
0: so these dwarfs are going up against the country bears so country bear jamboree attraction is one i have not been on in a really 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 long time uh, it's not in California anymore, obviously. It still exists in the Magic Kingdom. I have not gone to seek it out when I'm at Walt Disney World. Um, I assume it's another one of those not great attractions that people pretend <laughs> to have nostalgia for and will probably irrationally defend when it eventually gets the axe. I um, agree.
1: probably. Uh,
0: from what I understand, they're constantly removing like problematic language and lyrics from the show. Uh, so I, I, its time is limited. I know that for sure. So they have these four bears, though, the costume characters walking around for the park. You've got Big Al, Wendell, Shaker Mm -hmm. and Liver Lips. hate it. I hate
1: that name (laughs) so much, Chris. Oh, (laughs) my God. I've never seen the show because I've never been to Florida and this was gone by the time I started going to Disneyland. But I know about the characters and I know about the show and that name Makes me wanna like go take a shower every time I hear it.
0: the The only exposure I have to these country bears is what Patty brought up. They're on the Disneyland sing along Disneyland fun uh tape. They do like a country bear song, and they're all in it. And I I mean I remember watching this as a kid and being like, these are weird looking bears. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't like, oh these are scary looking bears. I was like, they just look weird, and I don't like it. Uh, they look like they are in various forms of the fizz face.
2: Yes, um, yes.
0: Especially Liver Lips and Wendell. Uh yes. Very, like, weird. I don't know what the reasoning was to put them in these weird kind of, like, doofus-y... It might have been like, a, oh, they're from this part of the country and they're, like, bumpkins, so let's make them yes. look stupid or something. I think
1: that's exactly what it is. I think the animatronics look this way yeah like they're, that's their set face and their jaw just moves or whatever
0: uh so i think i think it's fun to point out kind of how the country bear jamboree attraction influenced uh pizza time theater which influenced showbiz pizza which influenced Chuck E. cheese which influenced yep. five nights at freddy's so like this <laughs> idea of like uh animatronic characters coming to life at night and murdering everyone uh it's very much like part of uh like horror culture amongst gen z so it's right. cool that these guys as we talk about weird uh, and sometimes scary disney parks characters the country bears are kind of like the godfathers of that uh horror trope and If we weird I mean, which one do I not like more? I do not like these country bears. Like They make me really uncomfortable, and I hope to never encounter them in a Disney park ever. Same. Um, The dwarves, I would love to encounter in a Disney park, and they are very weird in a good way. I think I'm advancing the number four seed.
1: The country bears, I would walk the other way if I saw them in a Disney park. And I know that they come out every once in a while because especially right now, or not even right now, uh, Taste of Disney, Touch of Disney, whatever they did in DCA, uh, over at the Red w- Redwood Creek Challenge Trail, uh, they oh. had one of the country bears out there. Okay. Patty, didn't you go to the Taste Touch of Disney, Taste of Disney?
2: I did. Uh, back in April. Um,
1: did you see any bears?
2: <laughs> I not that I remember, I I feel like I would have recalled. I
1: Patty we, used all of her drink tickets within the first thirty <laughs> minutes, and just blacked out at DCA.
2: Um, no, I don't think I saw any of the bears because they. I think that Redwood thing was still closed.
1: Okay, so they haven't extended it out yet?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Got it. Well, kind of wish you had seen them because I would love to get a a firsthand encounter with one of these creepy bears. This is what they're supposed to look like. They they look like this in the show. Chris brought it up. This show was the one that influenced everything else. The show wasn't even supposed to be in the parks; it was meant for Mineral King Ski Resort that Walt was trying to get built right before he died, and then that didn't happen. Development stopped, so they just moved it into the parks. Um, what you didn't touch on is how tall these bears are, because once they again. Are big, yeah. The performers are looking through the necks of these bears and I think it's liver lips is at least a foot and a half. His head is a foot and a half higher than the performer's head. Like it's up there, which makes these even scarier. But they they definitely are their characters and they haven't changed since the 70s. These are the costumes. This is just what they look like. Uh, And I think they're pretty rare to see in the parks. What's so weird about the dwarves? So weird is that their arms are not the performer's arms. They're just limp at the sides. And if you watch video of these costume characters walking through the park, I think in the opening day video, or the, like the special, you can see them walking through the, uh, the, the parade route. The performer's hands are in the heads. And so they use their hands to manipulate the faces or in Dopey's case, the ears. Oh. The hands can make the ears flutter. Um, everyone else, their like noses move. So it's like this gimmick thing where they like walk up to kids and then like make something happen, which is usually like crunch their face and make their face look weird and then move on. But their hands are limp on the side and they're just walking around <laughs> with these arms. And that makes sense because we read that that legal book, the lawsuit yeah, book, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. like it was like the three little pigs had groped this woman and then they brought the costume into the courtroom and the arms aren't arms.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible.
1: It was actually impossible to have because the character's arms were in the face and the snout. Same exact thing here. It's such a weird choice. Like why was the the interaction spot the face? And it's not the mouth. It doesn't like no one's speaking and they're making the mouth go. It's like crunching the face up, shriveling it up, expanding it. It's so bizarre. Chris, I'm with you. I'm the number four. The the bears are what the bears are and they're creepy and they're weird and I don't want to encounter them. But the dwarves choice costume choices and how they look in in the 60s just boggle my mind. Patty, what are your thoughts with the dwarves moving on?
2: Again, you guys bring up great points because initially I was like the bears because we've all said, you know, they're creepy. Um, one, just past experience through those Disney sing-alongs. Um, these things are huge, <laughs> to your point. They're just like, like we're comparing giants to dwarves. Like it's very, they're yes. like polar opposites. Uh, liver lips in particular sounds like an insult. Um <laughs> That you say yeah. to someone, uh, not super kid friendly, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. To your point, like they are what they are. Like they are supposed to be these dopey kind of country bears. Um, wasn't there a country bears movie?
0: There was. Yes, there was uh,
2: starring Christopher Walken, I think.
0: And uh, I cannot <laughs> wait to watch that for the first time one day. Uh, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm getting like flashbacks and not the best kind but to your point of like you know as kids we'd put our arms in our shirts and just like like you know (laughs) hit each other with like each other's sleeves like that is kind of weird um yeah i i agree with you like why is it the face or the ears that need to to move why couldn't we give them arms yeah um yeah it's very valid
1: All right, let's move on to the next matchup. It is the number five, Shenzi, Banzai, and Ed, which just kind of exist since the 90s, versus number 12, the 1980s Geppetto. I'll start with Shenzi, Banzai, and Ed. These are so freaking weird, dude. (laughs) So (laughs) weird. The most bizarre costumes. And the choice was weird. The hyenas are standing up on two feet not sure that they ever did that during the, the no. movies no uh they're they're i mean like maybe but not walked around maybe yeah. they stood up to like slap one another but definitely didn't look like this so they they're up their arms are kind of in front of them little pause and then they have this massive hump behind their head so their back hunches up Their neck comes down and then their head is kind of dangling in front of their their hunch. Their hunch has the spots like hyenas do, but they're obviously mesh so that the human's head is in the hunch so that they can see out the mesh spots, be able to see where they're going. Through this picture, you're like, okay, so maybe the arms are... Like the dwarves just kind of there. They're stitched to the sides and they're just sitting there. And then maybe the performer's hands are in the head and they're kind of doing like this puppet thing. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh no! That's not what's happening. So I watched a YouTube video. Because I was like, where did these freaking costumes exist? Like many of these very weird choices, you got to go to Disneyland Paris. And in 2019, there's a video of this exact hyena costume walking through their, uh, whatever their non-Disneyland park is. It's a
0: Hollywood Uh, Studios park.
1: Yeah. Walking through there, their arms are like like Sully's arms, where it's like the performers holding sticks of the paws so that they can like kind of move them stiffly. But that means those heads are just dangling. (laughs) And those heads are just dangling. So like they're like shuffling around on two feet and their heads are just kind of like dangling around and then their their arms are doing these like robot type movements. It makes no sense to me. I don't know if like who requested this, who thought that like they needed the hyenas in the parks. Like we don't have a Simba. We don't have a Mufasa. We don't have any characters. Why do we need The hyenas to begin with. And why did we decide this is how they look? Why couldn't it have been kind of like how they did? um, (laughs) Well, this is a super bad example. But kind of how they did like uh, Miguel when they did the the celebration of Coco or whatever it was parade in DCA where Miguel was a puppet and there is a guy behind him controlling Miguel, like strumming and talking like a marionette situation. Or... The Disney Broadway production has been in and on stage forever since basically the movie came out. Why not take some tips from there and do some sort of puppetry costume if you really need to have the hyenas in the park? This costume makes close to no sense to me. It's up against 1980s Geppetto. Uh, this is crackhead Geppetto. This is like 80s crack <laughs> Geppetto. Yeah. His eyes are very wide and they're kind of sunken in as if the, the head, the mascot head was made and then they placed the eye film behind the head, but just very like slightly set back. So it looks super bizarre. Uh, and they also didn't give him like eyelids. So he's just like wired the entire time. It's a human with a not as big of a head as I thought that it would be, but it's a it's a character head. But it's also small to the point where it's like, why didn't you just hire a face character for this? Why is it that you have this like felt head? Now they still do the same thing. It's not really much of a costume, but it's a Geppetto head, and it looks like Geppetto now. But this looks like roadside gas station bobblehead <laughs> Geppetto, like like the very like oh we have a a. A figure with a white mustache and crazy Einstein hair. Uh, let's make this Geppetto. It looks like Einstein. Einstein in like a in a carver's apron. So at first glance, you're like, it's Geppetto. Like if you walk into the parks, I'm like, yeah, that's probably Geppetto. And I probably wouldn't say anything else. It's kind of like Jesse. You walk in, you're like, that's Jesse. Looks kind of weird, but that's definitely Jesse. What's weird are these hyenas. And the choices that were made to make them hunchback, to have them in the parks, to make their arms still not functional, might I add, those are just sticks. So why even have them just put make that the puppet part and make or make that the stationary part and then make the head a puppet so you can interact with people. Weird things all around from that tire seed. I'm going number five.
0: Uh, to me, the weirdest part about the hyenas is the angle of the head. And you have adults taking photos from up here. So you can't see any hyena heads unless <laughs> the perf- unless the performer is like leaning back like this to like hoist their head that's at their belly button up. So yeah, like, th-
1: yeah. Uh.
0: So to me, the effect only works when you have a child standing next to the hyena. And you are taking the photo from a very low angle. But the thing is, like, no one's going to do that. So no. it, this these hyena costumes are a fail in, like, almost every way. So in my little intro for Geppetto, I reference Halloween, which when I look at this Geppetto costume, I get major Michael Myers vibes from it. Uh, also sort of Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But yep. it's like, this is where I want to start talking about, like, the decision to make a character, a face character versus a regular character, like what goes into that? Because Geppetto is a human person. So like, why are you like, yes, let's make him a big fuzzy guy. Um, because he's, he's a human character. Um,
1: I wish I had answers.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we know. I, we know. we've been
1: asking that. We we've been asking about that since that parades bracket, right? We talked yeah. about magic happens and like, yeah. why wasn't Miguel just a human kid? Well, t- we knew why, because you can't have a kid work at Disneyland like that. But like a small human that can just be Miguel or even probably not Maui, but like they literally every other face character besides these really weird select few are face. Um, so it's bizarre uh, this this choice, and it still continues today. Geppetto's still a costumed character,
0: and like, I mean, would I want to meet face character Geppetto? No, I don't want right. to meet any version of Geppetto because I hate Geppetto. He is the absolute worst. <laughs> um, the, okay, so like the big comparison I want to make when I see this Geppetto, the thing that I see is. From the office, when Dwight cuts off the CPR mannequin's face and puts it on his face,
1: that's, that's exactly. what the Geppetto looks like to me. Yep, wow! It's like
0: <laughs> it's like a person wearing a face that kind of looks like a face.
1: Yes, that's exactly um, what that looks like.
0: So, uh, for that for that reason, I'm going with Geppetto. So, Patty, you are breaking the tie.
1: It's happening.
2: It's happening. I see what you're talking about with the the Dwight stayin' alive type face thing. (laughs) And when I was looking at this last night, I was just like, whoa, like, this this is not the sweet little Geppetto I remember from the Pinocchio movie. No, no, no. Kyle, though, you bring up a good point. Like, why do we need these hyenas? They serve no purpose. Like, neither does Geppetto, really. Like, (laughs) how many people are huge fans of Pinocchio? Like...
1: Right. It's not even
2: a good ride, necessarily. Like... (laughs) I mean I I don't know, but I just I don't know. I I'm gonna go with Geppetto too because he, <laughs> he this one in particular is just like you said roadkill uh cracked out you know, Geppetto. Like this is not someone I want making toys for children. It, no. I don't want this man making Toys. No. Um and then to your point, like, why isn't this a face character? But why is it a character at all? Like I like I said, like how many <laughs> no where are my diehard Pinocchio fans at? You know, like it's not
1: me. It's not more me. more than Geppetto fans. Like just in, like if you're just going character, like mom, I where where's Geppetto? I I wanna meet Geppetto. Like, no, no one's asking. Exactly. That.
2: I don't think we need him at all. Um <laughs> so for that reason and just being creepy and that. we're going. To, I'm going with Geppetto.
0: Let's go, let's go. Um, all right, let's hop over to the other side of the bracket where we've got number two, 1957 White Rabbit versus the number 15 seed, 1955's Donald Duck. So Donald Duck, the 1955 Donald Duck is a lot like the 1955 Mickey and Minnie where it is an Ice Capades costume. The proportions yep. are very human-like. It has good visibility. We get another character with their head in a neck much like probably Katie's, the best.
1: Probably the best visibility, to be honest. Because it's so. That,
0: it, oh my gosh! It's so strange. It's like you can see the person's whole head peeking you know through what, the mesh.
1: You know what it looks like? It looks like if you went to a closed down Staples in October and a Halloween shop opened up there, and you walked in and you wanted to be a cartoon character. This like onesie with the head that sits on top of yours is exactly what this costume is. You my. Eric Johnson, if you're listening to this, he in kindergarten, that guy was Scooby-Doo. And that costume looked exactly like this, except no mesh. It's just like, it's your face and then like the Scooby-Doo head on top. That's exactly what this Donald is.
0: And and kind of like circling back to what I was talking about, the hyena, the angling that the performer has to like put their head or their body when they're posing for a photo makes all the difference because like that's a lot of times what the guest is there to do take a photo with the character so you can tell when maybe someone's not a very experienced uh, like character performer because your photos will be of the character's mouth because uh, right. a lot of times the eyes are in the mouth so it's like why did I get goofy and I'm just staring into his mouth and I can't see <laughs> his eyes right Uh, um this donald duck no matter what way that person tilted their head you were not gonna see donald's face
1: nope Mm -mm. (laughs) you were
0: just gonna be staring directly at its neck um the uh the eyes look googly i don't know for sure Uh, they look googly and if it's anything like my donald duck hat which has (laughs) googly eyes uh it's googly
1: it does look googly
0: um this Donald is going up against 1957 White Rabbit, which uh, came to the park with the opening of the Alice in Wonderland attraction. And this, the reason this seat is a number two seed must be because this costume looks like an Easter Bunny costume that they bought at the last second.
1: It's awful.
0: <laughs> it's like the- it's like a type of rabbit mask that you'd wear when you're robbing a bank.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Uh it's like the, the little Easter bunny themed sunglasses that you buy at the 99 cents store that have little like a little plastic rabbit face on it.
1: That's exactly what it is.
0: Uh it was like, and Walt Disney is there. And he's like, eh, it's a rabbit. It's white. It's the white rabbit. Dude,
1: totally, can I tell totally you a story? Him. Can tell I tell me you a story about this? Tell me the story. So I did a little research because I was like, there's no way that an IP character like the White Rabbit rolled up to the debut of this ride looking like that. And I found this uh, David Koenig piece that Mm -hmm. he wrote for Mouse Planet back in 2007. David Koenig is a fairly well-known author of Disney history in in the Disney fandom universe. And he wrote where he interviewed these two... Past performers that were there in the 50s specifically remembering this instance oh, no. and they talked about how no. the this costume was literally a white onesie and an easter bunny mask like that that's actually what it was and it obviously didn't have velcro because you can see the person's head popping out of the back of it which is not a great look for this character in this costume but this This is the quote, this is the passage from that that interview that just cracked me up because it's like Walt showed up that day thinking that his staff had it together and was like, they don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Both point to August 14th, 1958 as the worst day of their lives, the grand opening of Disneyland's Alice in Wonderland Dark Ride. The ceremony was hosted by Walt himself with Mouseketeer Karen Pendleton dressed as Alice. They also recruited someone in an old Easter Bunny costume to play the there White Rabbit, but married. the cast still didn't seem large enough. So Tommy Walker, who's the uh, cast member, and Skies, who's another uh, cast member. Oh, no. So Tommy Walker had Skies and Henderson, all three cast members, put on Chip and Dale outfits that had been purchased from the Ice Capades. The costumes were so hideous, Walt didn't even recognize them. While posing for photos, Walt notioned over to the boys and said, let's get some bunnies in the picture. He didn't even know that Chip and Dale were Chip and Dale. He thought they were also rabbits. That's how awful these costumes were and how much he was not a part of choosing them. <laughs> it's, it was actually a hand-me-down Easter Bunny costume. So confirmed, it is an Easter
0: Bunny costume. Yes, great. it is. I mean, like... I love that story and that's a very weird situation, but I'm advancing Donald Duck here because I think this particular Donald Duck costume is more important to like the history of the Disney costume and the White Rabbit one feels kind of like an outlier, even though it is incredibly weird.
1: I'm doing the opposite because I think that this Donald Duck costume is the best looking Ice Capades costume (laughs) of the bunch. Like, this Donald Duck head looks like Donald Duck. That's Donald Duck's head. It looks way better than, like, the Mickey and the Minnie, even the Dumbo we'll talk about, which isn't Ice Capades Dumbo, oh, but Dumbo had an Ice Capades uh, era as well. Like, it, it is a Halloween costume. Like, this looks like a Halloween onesie, and the person's wearing like, yellow uh, tights as the legs, and these flippers that obviously have a space underneath for the ice skate, but the This is the most likely, this is the most similar face of one of the characters of any of the Ice Capades. This is obviously Donald. And like Donald's costume overall, just through the eras, even at the Mary Poppins premiere, which had Mickey and Minnie looking like folded cardboard paper bags from your local grocery store, just painted on. Donald had a full on costume and looked like Donald. He's always looked very much like Donald. And as weird as like this Donald does look, not as weird as some of the other ice capades that just was like, that doesn't even kind of look like Mickey or Minnie. We've never seen that Mickey or Minnie, but we've definitely seen Donald looking like this. We've literally never seen the white rabbit look like a hand me down Easter Bunny. And not only that, but like the choice to shoehorn him in in order to make this event happen for opening Day of this attraction is just such a weird choice. And it is just so weird and jarring to see it next to even creepier. It's this, it's the 50s Mickey and Minnie, right? And you see them all together, and it's like, this looks like a disaster. This is such a weird press (laughs) moment that this went into like a newspaper, like whatever this photo op was. Awful. Weird choice, a great weird story to go along with it. I'm doing the white rabbit. Patty, you're breaking another tie.
2: Oh my goodness. This was one of those ones where I I went back and forth and Totally. The neck of Donald is, does freak me out. Like it's the first thing I notice aside from, you know, everything else. <laughs> um The thing about the white rabbit and you pointed it out was like I can see the back of the person's head. Not only that, but it took me a minute to think, was there a white rabbit in Alice in Wonderland? Because it <laughs> doesn't look anything like the character in the movie. Yeah. And it wasn't until about five minutes ago I was like, yes, there is a white rabbit. He's a very important character. Yep. Um, You know. This is one where it's too close to, like, a face-ish character, and it really shouldn't be. Like... That is my issue with it is like, it does look like, you know, a bank robbing type mask and it looks too humanly to be the cute little rabbit who's always late. For that reason, I'm going with the white rabbit.
1: All right. Hand-me-down Easter Bunny moves on into the next round. Let's go down the bracket to 1990s Judge Claude Frollo, the number seven seed versus number 10 1960s. Captain Hook, Patty kind of uh, referred to Mickey and Minnie's eyebrows in the first matchup. Uh, Captain Hook in the 60s has that eyebrow look, and it's such a bizarre choice. It, so Captain Hook in the 60s uh, had this very papier-mâché face look where his head was not quite molded in the way that you would think it is. Uh, it looks very lumpy. Uh, it's a character wearing his big red coat, has a hook on his hand. Everything looks great, but then you get to the head, and the head is, like I said, lumpy. He's got that that five o'clock shadow. He's got a mustache turned down, but then you get to his eyes and his eyebrows, and his eyes are just these white white eyes with these piercing black circle pupils, and then his eyebrows are like sharpies that have been drawn down into like if you were in third grade and you made a character in your story look mad. That's exactly what Captain Hook here looks like, like a, a V angry uh eyebrows. And you can and the, the photo that we were referencing, we all looked at basically the same photos. And then if you wanted to look at more, you could like I did sometimes and I did one for Captain Hook just to see if like, They improved this guy's look in the 60s. And no, they did not. Nope. Even if they like changed the head to make it look less lumpy, still had those thin, thin, sharpie eyebrows. And it's, I don't know why the attention wasn't paid to that. Why? I get they're trying to make him look evil, look angry, look menacing. So the eyebrows are going to have to be turned down. But it looks like that was the last thing they thought of. The costume got to the park and they're like, oh, no, Captain Hook doesn't have eyebrows. <laughs> so, so somebody, somebody have, call custodial, somebody have a pen and they just like quick as just drew it on. There. Uh, so it's just such a, a weird kind of scary look on our guy here, uh, Captain Hook. Then you go to Judge Frollo. I don't know what people were on in the 90s when they were making Hades, when they were making Frollo, when they were making the hyenas, but, like, talk about a costume that we, one, didn't need, and two, probably could have been a face character is Judge Frollo. This character is fairly big, he appears to be, because his hands are fake. Those are not human hands. They're gloves that are, like, if you've ever dressed up as a skeleton for Halloween and you get those rubber hands and uh, the black gloves with the rubber on top, that rubber is basically what these hands are. They're these big oversized hands, so you know those fingers don't really move. And his head is this huge human head that is just scowling, has the right looking eyebrows. These are menacing, mean looking eyebrows that look like eyebrows, not Sharpies. But they, they said, who's the best at detailing masks? Bring them to us right now because we have a costume they need to make. And they went in on the details of Frollo's face that didn't necessarily need to happen. We know that Frollo has a very like skull looking face in the movies. Like he's old, his skin's kind of drooping a little bit. But they like made those droops <laughs> like light. Pink slash red, so that it looks like it's really drooping and you can kind of see through them like they're transparent. So (laughs) unnecessary. This is such a terrifying costume. And I don't know why why this was a choice. I think this was also one of the costumes like Hades that was mostly out for Halloween from my research and from what I looked at. Uh it's a it's I just don't get why they made it not a face character. Uh, Yeah, so according to this website, these websites are so embarrassing. And if you, if you listen and you are the owner of this website, I'm sorry. They're not that embarrassing. I doubt that you do. This one's called everycharacter.com. Oh, they, thank they you they for report, bringing
0: that website up because they they re- I discovered that one too. <laughs>
1: oh, man. I was so sad when I found this corner of the Disney fandom internet. But everycharacter.com <laughs> says that this character only really appears at Halloween events. And then I could also find him referenced at Disneyland Paris, of course. uh, And that was confirmed by charactercentral.net. Here we go. So uh, it's a seasonal character. Thank goodness, because he's very scary, very unnecessary, uh, and also just very weird. So in this matchup uh, with Hook and Frollo, I think that... The weirdest costume character is definitely Frollo because once again, who's asking for Frollo? Even if it's a Halloween like villains event, I don't know that that Frollo would come to mind that I would want to take a photo with. Uh, Why wasn't Frollo a face character? Captain Hook can probably go the same way. Captain Hook, why aren't you a face character? Uh, But at least the rest of the costume was normal, looked like Captain Hook's stuff, normal hands. Had the hook. This is just like over the top weird. I'm going Frollo.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that you wish Frollo was a face character because I, I think Cruella is one of the best character meet and greets in a Disney park uh, yeah. because she just be out here roasting people no matter how old they are, who they are. If you walk up to Cruel- Cruella in a Disney park, you could be like a three-year-old child and she will <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> roast you. Yep. Um, and I love that about her, and f- yeah, they could have done something so similar with Frollo. Um, he is so evil in in an entirely different way, um, but yeah, they went with this. At et- you, you want to know whose hands? Uh, these Frollo hands remind me of. Please. <laughs> uh, yeah, they do look
1: like our boy, oh, our boy Jerry. Like boy Jerry,
0: <laughs> Jerry's hands. <laughs> Uh, From Toy Story (laughs) 2 slash Jerry's games, these like bony hands. Um, You know, I think I think this Frollo cause this looks a lot like Judge Frollo, and like that's the thing for me that's kind of making it like difficult to advance him as the weirder character. This Captain Hook costume, though, like if I (laughs) am ever feeling sad ever for the rest of my life, I'm going to open a picture of 1960 Captain Hook because this is absolutely (laughs) hilarious. This facial expression that he's stuck in Captain Hook known for being a very expressive Disney character, especially in his face. And what's the face they decide to go with uh, for this character to be stuck in? Just completely, <laughs> like, they just drew a line across his mouth. They're like, that's his face. Yeah. Uh, so funny. Um, I'm going with Captain Hook for sure. Uh, so, Patty, I'm breaking another tie. Wow. wow.
2: You guys are making this really hard for me because, like, I'll have my mind set on one just based on first look, and then you guys bring up these really great points. Kyle, to your point of, of Frollo, why do yep. we need him? No one's asking for him.
0: I am. I'm asking for Frollo. I love that (laughs) dude. Okay, we got one. We got one No one's
2: asking for it. Okay, like one person's asking for him and like the amount of detail that you pointed out in this face that is lacking in a lot of other costumes. It's like, this is what you decide to spend time and money on. I don't get it. (laughs) Captain Hook, you know, I brought up the brows earlier because the evolution of eyebrows is just very interesting in general like in makeup and like apparently in costumes which i've never really put together sharpie eyebrows like those are bad and the the shadow the mustache i the eyes going this way like he just looks <laughs> yeah, kind of stupid even talk about that <laughs> we didn't even talk about the eyes like he just looks kind of dumb and like he is kind of dumb actually like in the movie yeah. Yeah. Not very bright, so like I don't know if that's what they were going for, but like yeah. to your point of like what is happening with like his amorphous face. Yeah. Um. This actually reminds me of like crap taxidermy, which I know we kind of looked at <laughs> in college. Uh. That cat. Um. This reminds me of crap taxidermy.
1: Yes. Wow. You're right.
2: Um. And for that reason, I have to advance. 1960s Captain Hook. Oh
0: wow! All right. That's
2: great. And and if I'm not wrong,
0: this Captain Hook was on that uh, Disney sing-along tape in the Haunted Mansion with the trees. Uh, him and his dumb codfish-looking face uh, <laughs> must have been pre-refreshed. Uh, because they have refreshed Hook, and he's like smiling now, and his eyebrows yeah. are very bushy. <laughs> yep. He um, looks normal. Nice and fit. All right let's head to the next matchup it's number three 2013 jessica rabbit versus number 14 90s dumbo this is the matchup i've been waiting for because this is an epic one 2013 jessica rabbit Uh, okay so first of all 2013 jessica rabbit why do we have a jessica rabbit suddenly appearing in 2013 no idea that's question one question one uh who framed Roger rabbit had been born and died a hundred times over before 2013. And then all of a sudden we get Jessica rabbit on the scene in our research, Kyle, you and I both discovered that there is a deep, deep, deep fandom for Jessica rabbit, um, out there yes. on the internet. Um, and, Various different types of people um, could have a fondness for this character, sure, Um, in in any number of ways that I'm sure you could imagine uh, if you know the character Jessica Rabbit well. From what I can gather, she appeared at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios Park for some type of Roger Rabbit mini Streetmosphere-type show uh, performing alongside Roger and, and Eddie Valiant, who was just a normal face character. So that kind of like begs the question, why wasn't Jessica Rabbit a face character? Because she is not. Uh, and then you kind of have to be like, well, like realistically, what type of performer is going to want to be Uh, having to interact face-to-face with guests who are coming to approach this like one of the only sex symbols in all of Disney-like character fandom, uh, I would feel very, very bad for that performer because that would be the worst job ever. Um, Would not be very comfortable, I'm sure. So what we get is a lot like uh, the Dwight Schrute uh, CPR mannequin face where it's like... It's like someone's wearing a bodysuit um and uh, it's like a felt unitard covering every inch of their body that's flesh colored. It it reminds me of like the what Tinkerbell and and Ariel sometimes wear when they're on a float to like prevent them from some sun exposure. Um right. it's just this weird like fleshy covered fake modest uh like yeah mm-hmm. bodysuit. Um and it's weird. The the weirdest part for me is the hair because Jessica Rabbit, one of the most iconic parts of her body is her hair. She's got a few iconic parts, but her hair to me is definitely one of them. And it's it seems to have this life of its own where it has this sheen and this this like glimmer to it and it's always obscuring half of her face in a way that's very like mysterious uh and yep. sultry. They threw all of that away when they were designing this Jessica Rabbit costume. What the hair ends up looking like is a troll doll that has been played with too many times and the hair is just like combed down.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: It is so frizzy and like nasty. Uh, and, and like I said, like that's not her hair at all. So she's going up against number 1490s Dumbo and Dumbo has had quite a journey As a character in the Disney parks, Uh, started out ice capades as two performers in one, one standing in the front, one standing in the back, kind of like the classic uh, two person horse costume gag. And uh, eventually, when Dumbo made his way to the Disney parks, performer had their hands in his ears, which makes a lot of sense for Dumbo. Like, I'll admit the dwarves, it doesn't make sense, but Dumbo, it kind of makes sense because his ears are very expressive. And it was cool that they could have Dumbo on a float and he's like waving, flapping his ears at people. But then they undid that in the 90s with this Dumbo that we're talking about. It's this like rubber uh, barrel-shaped elephant who doesn't have particularly big ears at all and doesn't have operable hands, has stumpy little legs. Makes you so mad the only place for the performer's arms to go is inside of Dumbo's trunk and I think maybe their other hand is operating these blinking eyes which to my knowledge that's one of the first if not the first Disney costume to have blinking eyes um, <laughs> but, the, but the thing is those, those eyes don't blink very well so a lot of times the eyes will get like stuck half open or closed uh, or like no. only or like one eye like falls down and so this Dumbo has this expression that's kind of like Bruh. Um, so what this Dumbo costume ends up looking like to me is one of those inflatable costumes that, uh, like, like the T-Rex is a common, uh, like yeah. variation of it where it has like little stumpy arms, uh, and you can like run around on it looking like a crazy person. I mean, here's the thing is, is I really like this Dumbo costume a lot. Uh, it's, it's goofy looking in the way that I really, really enjoy um, I, I love the weirdness of this Jessica Rabbit and the way that they kind of seemed like they forced it into being a thing. Uh, the Dumbo is is not great, but it's not great in a way that I enjoy. So I'm advancing Dumbo in a another huge upset.
1: You're advancing Dumbo as the weirdest. Correct. Great. Um, Dumbo pisses me off. And it's because... <laughs> I don't know why we need Dumbo, one. And two, if we do, why is Dumbo on two feet? And three, why is Dumbo wearing a crown? I've never seen this version of Dumbo. Dumbo usually wears like a white, or not white, a yellow cap. And I searched for Dumbo wearing this crown. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. This just looks like somebody went to... The design shop to a costume designer and was like, hey, have you ever seen Dumbo? And they're like, literally have never heard of Dumbo. And Disney was like, okay, well, it's a cute elephant with huge ears. And the designer was like, "Say no more, fam. And this is what they came up with. Not, not great. It, this doesn't look like Dumbo to me. This looks like a cute elephant wearing a crown and not like the Dumbo that we know. However, it's up against Jessica Rabbit. I'm going to very quickly share my screen with you guys because I need to show you this. (laughs) This is a close-up photo head-on of Jessica Rabbit, and you can just see why this should never have happened. Her face is very wide because it's obviously like a Halloween mask that doesn't tie up in the back. Jessica Rabbit's known for having her hair swoop over the, her right eye. Didn't even attempt it with this. And then you can really see that flesh-covered bodysuit that Chris was talking about with this very, very janky pearl situation that she has around her neck. None of this makes sense. It almost is like we need Jessica Rabbit, so let's just make something really quick when no one needed Jessica Rabbit and no one needed to do that. I might I add, this was in Disneyland Paris, by the way. This was not. On, in the US parks. This is a Paris original. Neither of these look like their characters, in my opinion. Uh, at least from afar, I guess, you can be like, that. Ah, yeah, elephant, that's Dumbo. But if you've never seen Roger Rabbit or if you've only seen Jessica Rabbit as like an icon, who is this? It's Jessica Rabbit. Patty, on this side of the bracket, you've had to break all the ties that's continuing on. Who's it going to be, Dumbo or Jessica Rabbit?
2: Um, I personally think the Dumbo was kind of cute. I didn't even think about the authenticity of like this looks like the Dumbo from the movie. I was just like, "Oh, it's like a kind of a cute little elephant." Yeah. So I wasn't looking at the details. This was very much a superficial thing. So I am moving, I'm advancing Jessica Rabbit. For a lot of the reasons you guys mentioned, I I don't know. Like I <laughs> I have no words. Uh, it's really there's just so much happening did we need her i under like i understand the allure and like in the movie like it is a very weird cartoon to like real life thing going on and like honestly like she was kind of desirable like as a young girl watching yeah. i was like i would love to look like that you know <laughs> like it's not real but um i just i it's not Disney. Like, it, it's, it just doesn't, you know. I think they do a good job with Little Mermaid and, like, Ariel and keeping her very true to character but also appropriate. And sure. they obviously do a much better job with, like, the flesh tone thing. Um, and it's, like, a real person. It's a face character. Um, so, I don't know. I think this is just the worst of both worlds. Um, she should just stay a cartoon. Um, and I'll leave it at that.
1: To Chris's point, that's definitely why they didn't make her face character was because this character would be harassed by all the creeps uh, that wanted to meet her. So they're like, let's make this character a costumed one, which is super unfortunate, but that's where it is. And they bungled it. Let's move on to our last matchup of this round of 16. It's 1955 Pinocchio versus the 1950s Mad Hatter. Uh, Pinocchio looks like he just saw some crazy sh- Uh, He has big eyes with massive pupils that obviously are being looked through. um, And the best part of his costume is that he is wearing black gloves. (laughs) <laughs> Pinocchio has white gloves. Most of these characters all have white gloves, but this walk-around meet-and-greet character is wearing black gloves. I'm calling him O.J. Simpson
0: Pinocchio. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no.
1: I like the detail of the limbs. They look like they could be wooden squares. They're obviously not. That's just the detailing in the in the costuming. Uh, but this is obviously another one of the Ice Capade specials in which they were made to be seen from afar not necessarily up close. So he turns out looking very, very scary, especially when once he got into the parks, they drew a marionette um, uh, lines around his jaw and then opened it a little bit so that the performer can now look through the mouth and not the eyes. But the eyes are still massive, gaping open holes. And now you have this like ajar mouth with these lines. It's a little creepy. It's a little weird. Over to the Mad Hatter, it's the same situation with the Dwarves. The arms do not work. And I was so surprised to see this because the arms on the Mad Hatter aren't to his side. His fingers are interlaced in front of him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, so the Mad Hatter gets arms, but the Dwarves don't? And then I went through and looked at more photos. Nope. Those are just limp arms that are just kind of crossed across his lap. Chris brought it up that a lot of these characters look through their hat. This is the most obvious example because the Mad Hatter is wearing a dark green hat with a light green ribbon, and in the center of that ribbon is this massive peeping hole that you can obviously tell somebody's looking through. It just is what in the world? I will give him credit. He looks mad. He looks crazy. He looks like a Mad Hatter would, but I really am happy. That this doesn't exist anymore. I'm happy that like this is a face character now. This is a goofy dude who can do that Ed Win impression and just kind of walk around the park and be be bizarre. Instead, we have this who's once again, performers' arms are in the face to crump, crumple the nose, kind of make the cheeks move. Bizarre, bizarre choices. In this matchup, Pinocchio's the scariest. <laughs> But the choices made with the Mad Hatter for me are the weirdest. The eyes where they are supposed to be, like the performers look out in the ribbon with a dark green porthole and a light green ribbon. I don't know. Everything about this Mad Hatter said, why didn't you just make that a face character? Especially when they're standing next to Alice, who is a face character. So Mad Hatter for me.
0: Uh, so this is a hot take, but I think the face character Mad Hatter is weirder than the big hat Mad Hatter, because this version of the Mad Hatter that we're talking about here, the 50s Mad Hatter, this one makes sense to me because this looks exactly like him and his hat proportion is accurate to his body proportion like it is in the movie. Also, the way that they have made Hatter and Alice this like a couple not like an actual couple, but like they're always like playing around together, like Peter Pan and Wendy or something in the Disney parks. Not super realistic because in Alice in Wonderland, Hatter did not, around. yeah, she did not want anything to do with Alice. Right. Um, I will say it makes for a more enjoyable meet and greet when Hatter's like a fun, goofy guy who wants to be friends with everybody. Um, you know, and then it kind of comes back to that thing where it's like, what's what's better, the more realistic interpretation or like the 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 version of the character that's going to give the guests the best experience. So it seems like that's kind of what they went with here. Um, Pinocchio, 1955 Pinocchio, definitely weirder for me. D- the look on his face could be a meme <laughs> like uh, it ha- it ha- he has the blankest stare ever standing next to two kids he probably doesn't want to be standing next to. Uh, it's great. I absolutely love it. So I'm advancing Pinocchio. Jeez, Patty, you're going to break your oh my fifth gosh. tie in a row to finish this is off. Is this
2: the most? Like, many tiebreakers it, it, it might,
1: might be, be for a first round. Wow. <laughs> That's for sure.
2: A lot of pressure. Um, But Chris, I think you nailed it. I think when I looked at the Mad Hatter, this is like exactly what I thought, like, it's exactly how he looks. It It is what he is in the movie. Um, it is weird. I agree with, like, I agree with the human aspect of it, that, like, the human is kind of reminds me of, like, Uncle Joe from, um, like, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like, just this weird old man um, in character. The thing about Pinocchio is you're absolutely right about it and being, like, a memeable face like I also when you guys were talking was thinking like Pinocchio is like a toy boy how come this character is so big and yet we have dwarves and we have you know other characters that are supposed to be small and are small but this Pinocchio just seems like unnecessarily Big, maybe, maybe yes. because he's with small children. I don't know, but he just looks really too big, in my opinion. And to your point of like Coco with like the person in the back, like he was literally a puppet. Why? Yeah, <laughs> it almost it's like it's money, and they just went every other which way to make this character. So, I'm advancing Pinocchio and that's that that's so oh funny and it, it
0: reminds me of uh, like when people google google how big is peppa pig and like how tall is caillou <laughs> and it's like <laughs> pinocchio is <six> eight. <laughs> Oh god uh oh, that's goodness. so funny and like i feel like i hope that with this kind of like new way people are interacting with characters in the parks that maybe Disney will want to explore new ways to like present characters like that. Like let's make a, a puppet Pinocchio like they're doing with the baby Groot, you know? Um, instead of having like a weird furry hyenas, like let's make some crazy realistic animatronic hyenas. Um, and you know, people won't touch them, but they can stand next to them and take a picture or whatever. Uh, so I think, I think that's a, we've, we've had some interesting conversations about these characters. Uh,
1: We reached the end of the round of 16 and we will talk about the elite eight and beyond next episode, but to see where we left off, In the first round of the Elite Eight, it's the number one, 1950s Mickey and Minnie versus number eight, Hades. On the other side, it's number four, 1963, Dwarves versus the number 12, 1980s Geppetto. Across the bracket, it's the number two, 1957, White Rabbit versus the number 10, 1960s Captain Hook. And to round out our Elite Eight, it's the number three, 2013, Jessica Rabbit versus the number six, 1955, Pinocchio. Patty, thank you so much for joining us on this journey. I, like we just kind of mentioned, I don't know that any guest host has put in as much work as you've had to do in this first episode. So we hope we haven't burnt you out and we hope to see you next time.
2: I look forward to it and I'm going to do more research. So I'm like better informed. (laughs) Um.
1: Hey, (laughs) hey, we're going to, we're going to have to dive deep into some of these matchups next time. So
0: everybody, uh, Stock up. All right, everybody. Well, if you've got something to say about these costume characters, you want to hop in and and get some reps in, being a co host tiebreaker, got a bracket idea? Email us at at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Discord. All of those are linked in the description of this podcast. Till next time, folks, see you real soon.